Welcome back to the Life School Masterclass Show, a place where visionary leaders build a life and business legacy on purpose through mindset, branding, marketing, sales, systems, and team so they can make an amazing impact and income and positively affect their communities worldwide. Ensure that you are sharing the show, you're subscribing, and you also are leaving us a review so we can create more amazing content around those areas to help you level up to the next level and also bring amazing guest experts that can share their knowledge and expertise with you so that you can create amazing legacy. All right, Legacy Builders, welcome back to another show. I'm here with another amazing guest in conversation. And today we're going to talk about growing your business. We're going to talk about service. We're going to talk about finding, attracting your ideal clients, the ideal people that you want to help. And again, the unique you know, approach that we'll take today, I'm sure will add a lot of value in your life as well as an entrepreneur and CEO, as I know that one of the main purposes of businesses is obviously to serve others, right? So whether it's your service or your product, it's a very important metric that we all focus on as we want to help and serve more people. So I have a, an amazing connection with me today that we initially connected from Innovation Women and Amazing Community, Orly Zewi. Orly, tell me that. I hope I didn't butcher your... <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and uh, welcome. Thank you so much, Alona. Yeah, it's Orly Zewi is my name. I'm the founder of Zewi Brands and... Um, what uh, I'm, uh, I'm an author, uh, uh, the author of Ready Launch Brand, the lead marketing guy for startups. I'm a lifelong educator, and um, I like to say that I have really one superpower, which is that I make fuzzy clear. And uh, what I do is I, I work specifically with entrepreneurs and business leaders to help them um, clarify and communicate their zone of genius so they can attract more of their clients, ideal clients. And, and grow their business. Wow, your superpower is so, so needed because simplicity is the name of the game, especially when you're building your business. So Orly, uh, how did you actually get into this work? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I'm always, uh, it's it took me a long time actually to kind of find my lane, you know, and it turns out that, you know, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Uh, my father was an entrepreneur. And as a young girl, I watched my, my dad struggle building a business. And, um, and it, it stayed with me, you know, the, that experience stayed with me. And so when I decided to really focus on startups and entrepreneurs, it's because I really thought about that this is both uh, uh, business, it's both professional and personal. Because when I work with a founder, I know that it's not just, it's not just the person I'm impacting, but their family. And so I like to think that there's, you know, there's a young girl somewhere who maybe is, uh, is, is uh, benefiting from the work that we do. Yeah, and I love that it stems from personal challenges because, uh, you know, just as human as humans, we when we overcome something or we see something struggle in our lives, it's our natural inclination to want to help in that specific area and not to have someone else go through similar journey or pain points that we've gone through for sure. So I think 
that's what I call purpose, right? It's connected to the work we do and it's there for a reason for sure. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so with the, today's topics, attracting our ideal clients, what is it that um, we can start off with uh, as far as our conversation goes? What are some of those maybe pain points that you've seen with your clients that is stopping them from attracting the right people that they want to serve? Well, you know, I like to say, I mean, really it's it's my my whole process was built around answering exactly this question and the first step is if i don't know who i am i can't convince someone else to buy it so clarifying your brand getting clear on who you are and who you're not understanding kind of your own superpower your zone of genius that helps you then identify who needs it because what people tend to do is they tend to you know, kind of throw out that big net, hoping they'll land a whale. And in the process, you know, they pick up a lot of other things that are not so ideal. Um, and so what I found is when you get clear on who you are and you get clear on who needs it, then your messaging is focused specifically to that person. Because um, it turns out, you know, and I, I have this on my website, you know, we're being messaged on average of 15,000 messages a day, which translates to more than 4 million a year. That is a lot of messaging. And the truth is that as the messaging intake has increased, our attention span has decreased. So in 2000, the average American adult's attention span was 12 seconds. It is now eight seconds. And if you land on somebody's homepage, you've got about four seconds before somebody makes a go, no go decision, which is why getting really crystal clear on who that ideal client is, you can then you can then craft your messaging so that it literally highlights the issues that that person has. It shows that you understand their pain. And when you understand somebody's pain, they trust you. They see that at least you've got them. You have an understanding, right? Versus what tends to happen on most homepages. I land on the average homepage and I'm being sold. You know, or I'm trying, or I'm being convinced that this person is really good at what they do. They've won awards, what have you. I don't care about any of that, right? What I care about is why am I here and why should I care? And so, what I have learned in working, you know, working with founders and solopreneurs and consultants, and I work with speakers as well and authors. What I have learned is that the first thing I want to know is, do you understand what I'm dealing? because that's the, the trust factor, right? And then once I see that you understand my problem, I also assume you have an answer. And so you don't need to sell me. What you need to do is you need to engage me because the whole point of a website is to get people to click because the more they click, the more they're engaged. And then somewhere along the line, that's when you give me a way to connect with you. But when you start with that at the very beginning, it tends to actually, um, it tends to turn people off. And, you know, I, I always love, I love this, um, this quote, which is everybody wants to buy, but nobody wants to be sold. Um, and that's really true in this case. Um, and then the last thing I want to say is how, you know, think of generic messaging, which by the way, is what most people do. Generic messaging is like white noise. We tend to turn it off because we don't, if we don't hear something that, impacts us that makes me go, oh yeah, wow, this is something I really need an answer to. We we just turn it off. And remember, you know, we're being overwhelmed by messaging. So the idea is the clearer you are, 
the more likely you are to attract the right person. Because ultimately, don't, wouldn't you want a whole funnel filled with your ideal prospects? Yeah, no, I love all the principles that you shared early and that it starts with us. And sometimes that is the struggle, especially at the beginning. And that would actually be my next question for you, because in our audience, we have, you know, uh, quite a, a bit of an established um, entrepreneurial base. So and sometimes the perception around like, discovering your message, discovering what you stand for as far as a brand, you know, your content pillars and all these different uh, ways that you show up in the marketplace and you get to build trust. The perception sometimes is that this exercise of figuring out like, who is your ideal client, the right messaging and, you know, am I solving their problem and how am I showing up and all these different things that you just mentioned. The perception is that it's something that we do at the beginning of our business. And once we have some clarity on that, it's so easy to kind of just let this go and just go about our routine and and then lose track of uh maybe the problem has evolved maybe the market has matured maybe your audience is expecting different things from you because they already have built that know like and trust so what is i guess my question is what is the uh, involvement process of uh of this process that you are talking about that we're talking about today or is there one yeah well first of all you know we tend to think of a brand as kind of a one and done and uh, you know for people who have children they'll understand this right it's like you don't just have a kid and then you're done right? i mean it's there's a whole process and and even when they're grown they're still you're still you're still a parent but but with a brand, what happens is that we tend to lose track of why we started the business. Um, who are these people who really can benefit from our business? And so, you know, I'm thinking of a client that I had several years ago, and they were on um, a summer day camp, actually. And they'd been around since the 1950s, and they used to be the gold standard of, of summer camps. And they lost their way. You know, I, I was talking to them, like, I guess it was late 90s, early 2000s. And um, they had been messaging around the lake because the lake was a big part of the experience for 30 years. And the first thing I did is I said, you know, let's, uh, we're going to do an online survey, which is something I would highly recommend. It's easy to do. You know, you can send a Google Doc or you can go to Survey Monkey. I mean, there's so many different ways now of doing that, and um, because the re and of course the reason we were doing this is because they had lost market share, and um, and because because the culture had changed. You know, it wasn't there weren't any more. You know, moms weren't staying home with the kids, right? It was a whole different environment, and they had not adjusted to the new environment. And so when I one of the questions we asked is, you know, what is the number one thing? Uh, number one reason why you send your children here. And they got over a hundred um, uh, responses, which is phenomenal, by the way, for uh, for a survey. And out of a hundred responses, I believe two mentioned the lake. And all the messaging revolved around the lake, by the way, including their logo. So when I, one of the questions we asked is, you know, what do you think about the logo? And they literally said, what logo? They'd had the logo for 40 years and nobody even noticed it. Wow. 
goes to show you the parallel we talk about our brands are building a brand yeah. which most people go back to you know the website or the logo but you just yeah you just talked about the power of the service and the message so right. then is there like a process or framework that we can um kind of grasp our mind around as leaders around our messaging like what are some of the maybe questions that intentionally we can ask ourselves or our clients so that we we are serving people with the things that matter the most to them is there like some sort of process or like intentional yeah, my, my whole process is that <laughs> so here's the and i'm gonna and you know i'm gonna be i apologize if this is self-serving but one of the things i've discovered is you cannot do this yourself because you are too close and if the president of the company pulls together a group of people in a, in a, in a conference room and asks them these questions they're not going to be honest because they worry about their job. They worry about, they don't want to say anything that's going to be um, misconstrued, you know? And so when I do, cause I also, I do, um, I do workshops and, and seminars and I do retreats. I've done them for large organizations where I will get up to about 25, 30 people in, in a space and we will go through a whole series of exercises. But one of the things I always ask is, Give me five words that describe what this is. You know, like, what is this? What does it feel like for you? Like really get into the personal, um, the personal uh, experience. And once I do that, then I literally pull together a, um, a wordle. I put all the words, you know, kind of put them all in the hopper. And then I come up with really what, what this thing is that we can all agree it is because what tends to happen when you get a bunch of people together is they tend to focus on the things they don't agree on. And I focus on the things that bring us together. The thing that happens that I, I find really fascinating every time I do this is that in fact, the thing we thought this was is actually not what this is. So I'll give you another example. This was a nonprofit um, where everything they talked about was education because they literally um, covered education from pre-K through college. And so there was so much redundancy on their website because it was still the same message, but diluted over all these different um, um, brand extensions, you know, of the brand. And as it turns out, you know, the reason they were so heavily invested in education is because, and again, as a result of our of the workshop, what we discovered is that they are a, you know, they're really a community, a community that is interested in, in that's using education as a way to change individuals, to change their community, and ultimately to change the world. Mm. Yeah. Very, yeah. Yeah, very different from just saying we have all these different schools and programs and right. It's because the thing and I'll just say one last thing about this. The thing that's so key is to understand the big picture, because, um, you know, we do not work at a place thinking that we are connected to, you know, a bunch of words. We're connected because there's something there that aligns with who we are and our and our work is aligned with a bigger mission, a bigger vision of what the company is, you know? Um, so, you know, I always think about, uh, I don't know how familiar I with Simon Sinek and his golden circle TEDx talk, right? Or TED talk, a lot of people have seen it. Um, but uh, one of the things he talks about is Martin Luther King and, you know, Martin Luther King didn't have a plan. He had a dream. 
it's vision, vision, vision is everything and understanding the bigger picture is actually so, so important. And sometimes, you know, I find that even through the work that I do, you know, it scares most leaders to kind of like think big because then they think that they lose their market, but it's actually the opposite. And it definitely connects to the values, vision and mission. So my question for you, Orly, is around the connection between messaging and how can we then, once we have that clarity on our messaging and the process that you also help companies go through or founders, then how do we use that messaging to really shape our culture and our brand identity with the values that we abide by, the vision and the mission, so that we do have that bigger picture, you know, uh, path there for people to connect with, for communities to connect with, for potential clients to connect with as well. Because I think it's once you have that clarity, then you just you will start to inspire so many other people around you, not just your clients. What are your thoughts on that? Connecting those dots between yeah. messaging and and the bigger picture. So of course, you know, there's always two, two sides to this. There's the internal and the external. So ex externally, you wanna make sure that you're really clear in your messaging about how this, what you do, what you offer, whether it's a new product or service, how it helps someone solve a problem, right? So, so there's that piece. Internally, what you want is to create brand ambassadors. So, you know, having happy employees you know, we'll spread that around just like unhappy employees will do that as well. I am not a big fan of having a wall full of core of values. You know, honestly, I believe there's only one, there's one core value because that's the one thing you would do, even if it was illegal to do it. You need to figure out what that is. And, you know, Disney, you know, I know there's a lot of cult kind of thinking about around Disney. You know, do you know what, do you know what their core value is? Not sure. One core value for Disney? Their only core value. They have one core value. Have fun. Entertainment. It's happy. <laughs> happy is their core value. So how does that show up? It shows up that when you're in, in their parks, you never see trash because the trash goes underground. That's just one of the way, right? It's you need to live that value. So what people tend to do is they tend to come up with a bunch of words, they stick them on the wall and they say, well, here are our core values. But the reality is if you're not living that core value, then it's not a core value. It's just a way of doing business. You know, another one is Nordstrom's. You know, Nordstrom is known for, um, for customer service. What does that mean? For them, it means that if you go to Nordstrom's and you return something, you don't, you even without a receipt, they will give you back your money, no questions asked. And um, there's actually a great story around, and I, you know, I talk about this in my book, but one of the stories around Nordstrom's is that somebody, this is a, a store, I forget, I think it was out in the Midwest somewhere, and it you, had, you, had been a tire store before it was Nordstrom's. And somebody came in rolling a tire into the store and asked for their money back. Now, Nordstrom's has never sold tires. <laughs> the person didn't even receive, right? It didn't matter. They just gave them their money back. That's customer service. That's very strong uh, living of the value there. Yeah. Exactly. And and the thing is, the reason it works is because everyone is aligned with it. Everybody understands what it is, and they also understand how they their role supports that that core value. Mm. So it's you know the thing about core values is if you do not integrate it into the DNA of the organization. It's just a bunch of words and, and people don't really 
believe it, you know, and they don't live it. And that's the difference between a core value and, and a bunch of values, you know, values up on a wall, on a corporate wall somewhere. Yeah, it's actually a, a really great way you put it because again, yeah, I mean, uh, what's the point of you lining up a million values or five or four or whatever, right? Three values if you're not going to live them. I'd rather you focus on the one purposeful value that kind of sprinkles everywhere and that becomes the culture. And that makes a lot of sense with even, you know, what we know about being purposeful and intentional, um, you know, it just so much, it simplifies everything. It's so much easier to even, you know, execute and make it part of your communication as a company as well. So that makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, I think that's really great insight that you just shared orally. And what about your book? What are some of the topics that you have written about in your book? That's very, very um, cool. Yeah, so um, Ready Launch Brand, the Lean Marketing Guide for Startups um, was actually published in uh, May of 2021, it was the number one new business book release on Amazon in April. And um, it really talks about, uh, it actually explains some of these concepts through stories. So I interviewed 25 uh, entrepreneurs, founders, and eight of them were highlighted in the book. And it's all around a different myth, a different misconception about marketing, you know, um, there's so many good ones. My, my favorite, by the way, is the one that goes like this. We'll pay for marketing when we have money to pay for marketing. <laughs> and the reality is marketing is the engine to sales. So if you don't do marketing, your train doesn't go anywhere, right? You're, you're, and so that's the thing people don't understand why it's not a good idea to cut out your marketing budget when things go get slow and the economy is down. That's the time to ramp up your marketing, not to reduce it. If, if you want to cut something else out, cut out something that is, you know, on your, that, that's on your, on your balance sheet that maybe you can hold off on, you know, an investment in, in, you know, in something that can wait, but marketing can't wait because marketing is how people know about you. And if you cut out the marketing, then um, you run the risk of actually people forgetting that you exist. And we're back to, you know, being, having this issue of, of being so overwhelmed by messaging that we'll forget about you. Mm, absolutely love that so what are some of the marketing strategies that you share about in the book for people to know about right so the first of course social media you know the social media is our town square the, the, it's our digital town square um and and people you know for a long time i think really fought getting on social media because it just seemed like oh it's just something over there that i don't really need to deal with and so one of the chapters deals with social media, specifically how to use it. And the first, the first thing I say is please don't, don't bring on an intern and pay them minimum wage to, to be the voice of your brand on social media. That is like such a huge mistake. The, the voice needs to come from the CEO, from the president of the company. And then you find somebody who will take your voice and they will amplify it, you know, on, on blog posts or whatever, but you need the voice to be there uh, to begin with. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, engagement is a big part of this. So you don't just post, you engage, you bring people in, you, um, you know, there's this whole idea that, you know, we talk, there's a lot of talk about engagement and engagement really is relationships. So the nice thing about social media is that you can build these relationships from, with people all over the world. You know, I mean, used to be, you know, you were a local business, you worked with local people. Now you can talk to really anyone in the world. And the deal, the, the really the, the key there 
is don't sell me, help me, um, help me understand, help me to, you know, invite me, help me because, because we as humans are curious. And so the thing that doesn't work is to use social media to sell. You know, the 80-20 rule works well here, you know, really focus more on content. So putting out a lot of content, which as a content person myself, you know, this is what I do as a thought leader, as an expert in my field, I put out tons of content on my platform of choice, which is LinkedIn. Um, and I do that because I'm just, you know, I, I offer a lot of information and eventually, you know, somebody will see this and go, gee, you know, I need somebody to talk about X and, you know, all of the content will come back and people will say, yeah, can you, can you come on my show? Can you come and talk to, uh, to my organization? And so you need to have the long view about all this. So one of the things that really came has come clear to me around social media, and I know I'm just focusing on that one, but it's really that um, think of it in terms of building relationships and not about selling your services. Yeah, yeah, powerful stuff. I think that's what that's the key to social media. Because sometimes, uh, and I would love to hear your thoughts around the excessive. Sometimes people think that they're posting too much content and being annoying to the people that are they're connected with. But uh, yeah, that that is the one word: add value. And uh, always think of the other person that is on the other side. How is it that you can actually add value with that content and build genuine relationships? Because content alone is just nothing. It's just content. <laughs> then I always say we just are avatars that are just consuming <laughs> content with no purpose. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I think all of this connects in a beautiful way. Do you think there is such a thing as too much uh, content uh, creation, Orly? What are your thoughts on that? Well, let me put it this way. Remember how I said that the average American adult's attention span is eight seconds? Mm. No one's going to remember. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, like, you know, you can repurpose your content. No one is sitting there going, wait a second, they talked about this uh, six weeks ago or two years ago, they were supposed just like this. No one is thinking this. You know, we're so overwhelmed. The idea is that you want to make sure that you're putting things that are valuable, which is, again, why you first want to get clear on who you are and who your ideal client is. And then you find your lane. You find your lane and you stay in that lane. I I know something about PR, but I don't post about PR because I'm, I'm not a PR uh, expert. I don't have a PR firm. I've worked with PR people. Uh, I have a lot of respect for PR people. But I don't talk about that because my my lane is everything and anything to do with startups, entrepreneurs, and uh, around branding, around messaging, elevator pitches, um, you know, presentation, websites, things that are I know are of value to founders. Uh, and so the other thing I was going to say is, that you also don't have to do it all exactly the same way. So when you when I say post, like I will do, I will do maybe three or four. Um, let's see, how many do I do? I try to do once a week. So four, four times a month, I'm doing a post, just information. Just here's a here's a little tidbit on something, and maybe I'll connect you to an article that I wrote about it. And then I will do once a month. I do an article. And then from there, I also, you know, kind of repurpose. That's the nice thing about social media. People don't realize how much you can repurpose. And then I engage on other people's posts. 
Um, when I do, uh, when I'm a guest on a podcast like yours, you know, I'll, I'll post the, the audio clip, uh, just a little, you know, 15 second, and then I'll add more background to it. Um, so the idea is that you're constantly, you know, you're constantly giving information, but you're doing it in a way that it's not really trying to sell people. You know, you're really just trying to put it out there because the idea is that, again, you're building relationships. So what happens, though, if somebody engages in something, don't forget to reach out to them, say, hey, thank you so much for engaging. And if they're not part of your network, go on their, go on their profile. If, if there's a connection there, reach out to them, say, hey, you know, thanks for connecting. I took a look at your profile, thought it would be good for us to connect. Take a look at mine and let me know if you agree low, 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 low level of just, hey, appreciating someone posting, someone engaging. When people do post on your content, I always, always respond, maybe add another bit of information or just thank them for taking the time. You know, remember, these are people, you know, they're not like just these avatars living on LinkedIn. You know, there's something like 31 active 31 million active users every month on LinkedIn and four and five of those users are decision makers. So you never know, you never know. And it's, you know, and it's, again, it's a different way of thinking about this. Instead of thinking about this is I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell. Think of it is I want to attract as many of my ideal prospects to my content, to my profile, because I know that eventually there'll be an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the point. And I, yeah, it's so true in this virtual environments. We, we forget how to connect uh, like humans. Like if we actually see these people live, it would be such a natural way to start a conversation. Thank you so much for just reacting to my post. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it is a natural thing, but sometimes when you're just put in those platforms for most people, it's like, how do, what do I say? You know, how do I start a conversation? I think the most, uh, the more you tune in into your intuitive side and the natural side of you wanting to help and contribute, you'll start to find out those answers. And what is the next message I can send orally, for example, to start a conversation and to start to nurture that relationship for sure. Orly, what about other marketing channels? I think that would be of high interest as well beyond social media. What can we maybe not dive into depth, but you know, just maybe mention a few other channels that people can uh, focus on. For Are you talking about social uh, social media channels or just in terms of your website versus blog posts, white papers, uh, interviews, podcasts, those kinds of things? What, uh, is that what you mean? So I just wanted uh, whatever you have included in your book, if we can share some of those other channels with people that... Um, so that they know these are some other opportunities that they can start marketing their services there as well. Um, well, I mean, obviously your website is what is an area that most people ignore. They, I, I've, I've seen this over and over again. I have a whole, whole chapter, of course, on websites. And, and one of the things about that is that, you know, people feel like, well, they need one, but they don't really understand its purpose. So a website, again, it's not, it's about, you know, hopefully, People have gone, let's say they've gone to your LinkedIn program uh, uh, profile or maybe your Instagram or Facebook or wherever, you know, if you're part of a group or um, networking is another great way to do that. Find find a like-minded group of, um, you know, that's part of a networking organization that feels like it's aligned with your values 
Um, and the first thing people are going to do, they're going to go on LinkedIn because that's where people go to see what, what you're up to. And then you want to be able to send them to your website and make sure that there is enough information there for people to, to get a better, you know, better sense of who you are, what you do. And then don't forget to offer them a way to contact you. <laughs> people forget that all the time. It's like, okay, I'm on your profile, right? And I see this because I also do LinkedIn rebrands and I look at people's profiles and the about section often is just a bunch of information that sounds more like a resume. And, and there's like no call to action. Like no one's going to go looking for you. You're right here. Give me a way to connect with you now. So I think, um, so that's one, one, uh, one way to think about it. And then of course, you know, people have blogs. So that's another way to do that. People are, uh, you know, you can start a podcast, um, which is something I've been, it's been suggested that I should do one and I'm not quite ready to, to do that. And then the last thing is, you know, some kind of online course, seminars, webinars, um, any kind of online learning, having a library where people can go in and which is something actually I'm planning for 2024, um, a library of content so people can access it without you there. And you can, you know, YouTube channel where you can have, you know, all of your all of your um, interviews and, and things that you want people to, to check out. So that's that's the other another option too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of great options, but I think knowing the purpose of each and how to connect and intermingle each thing yeah. so that it doesn't sound like overwhelming. And sometimes you'll have success with one thing, right? And double down on that as well. So, you know, uh, it's all about working smart and, and being on and using the channels on purpose for sure with marketing as well as it is very important. I always say it could be amazing, but if uh, you are not being seen, heard, that's, there's no way that you can make profit or be able to serve people. I think that's where the process actually begins. So Orly, me and you can continue on and on. Let's end this interview for today. I thank you so much for all the value add that you've had you. so, uh, so far for our community. And I would love to ask you as a final question for you, what is your one word for 2024? And also, where is it that people can further connect with you? <laughs> so clarity, that's my word for 2024. Um, I think we spend way too much time assuming people know who we are and, and they don't. And even if they did, they don't remember you. So um, being clear and being consistent across all these channels and not having all these different confusing messaging uh, messages is really key because it's just going to dilute your message and no one's going to remember you. So clarity. Yeah. Clarity is definitely big. Connect with me on LinkedIn. As far as I know, there's only one early Zwi on LinkedIn. So you should be able to find me pretty easily. Go to ZwiBrands.com. I also have um, a, uh, a free offer of uh, 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 it's uh, 10, uh, 10 tips to build your personal brand. And if you go on my homepage, you can click right on there and you can download download the tips. Um, and also you can find my book on Amazon. All right. Well, there you go. Definitely go connect with Orly and connect with her on LinkedIn as well. She's an amazing uh, asset and very resourceful uh, as you no, she knows ways to add value for sure. So I think she's definitely someone that you want to have on your network. And Orly, thank you so much for coming on and 
Thank you so much for all the amazing work that you're doing out there in the world. And thank you also for listening. Thank you for always supporting the show by sharing it, subscribing and reviewing it. Some more entrepreneurs and CEOs that can benefit from the information and all the amazing connections that I get to make with all the guests. I think that's another really big value add of just being able to uh, be blessed to bring on so many amazing people that are doing great work out there in the world. Thank you so much for your support. And I'll see you with another show in another interview. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Looking for alignment between your purpose and your profit in your business. If you're experiencing these two main pain points in your business, lack of consistent cash flow and sales, and also lack of knowledge and strategy for scalability, then we must connect. I would love to schedule a call for a 30-minute free discovery session where I could see what you have built, me where you are in your phase and stage of growth, and also help you identify some of the gaps that you might be experiencing in your business, in the alignment of your purpose and profit, and also in really carrying forward that vision that you have for your company moving forward for your impact and also for your profit. Schedule a free 30-minute discovery call in the link below as my calendar gets very full very fast, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there.